Two words to describe Jill Miller are joyful and overcomer. There is no shortage of laughter when I'm with Jill Miller and her joy is uncontainable. And she's an overcomer. As you'll hear parts of her story, you will find she has overcome so many obstacles. Her uncontainable joy, despite the obstacles she's had to overcome, is exactly why I've asked her to talk with us. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. Joe Miller, you are a multi-talented woman. You're a singer, you're a songwriter, you're a speaker, you're a coach, and now you're wanting to build this thing called the sanctuary. So I love asking this first question. Thank you for being on the show, by the way. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, I love asking this question because it ties right into your sanctuary project. Mm -hmm. So what is your ultimate dream and What's important about this question is without any reservations in life, like what would that be? Because I think that this project is your thinking without any reservation yeah. or without any limits in your life, what would that be? Well, I am going to build a chapel called Sanctuary. Yeah. And God put this on my heart. I spent a lot of time at the chapel that's outside of Omaha, right? Yeah. the Holy Family Shrine. And actually when I went through my divorce, spent a lot of time trying to figure out my life there. It became such a special place to me. And my husband and I actually went on what we called a chapel quest and cool. went and saw Thorn Crown and some other chapels because God had just put on my heart that I was to build a chapel in my hometown of Sioux City, Iowa. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna be kind of a retreat center. And it's just one of those things that you know, that you know, that you know. We don't know how, but we're trusting God with it. And my John dreamt about it for like a week straight. Really? Was, yes, like just total confirmation. So we don't know how it's gonna happen, but we've already started. We're working with some architects. We're getting some preliminary stuff going, wow. and it's one of those things that's so much bigger than us yeah. that it has to be from God. Right, it has to be without yeah. limits. Because really, you could have said, oh, I could never make that happen. Mm -hmm. But with God, right. with there's, God. No, there's no limits. There's no limits. And God placed that on your heart a long time ago, right? A long right? time ago. And during COVID, and I was really shut down during COVID with uh -huh. my ministry because everything I do is in front of people. In the midst of that, we felt him pushing us to start. So I reached out to architects like, you know, I have no money to pay you, yeah. but we have this dream. And we met with actually the one of the owners of the firm and this younger guy that was recommended. Yeah. And we laid it all out to him. And I'm like, so do you think I'm crazy? And they're like, well, everyone thought Noah was crazy when he started building the ark. <laughs> so we're, they're like, no. So they're jumping on board and yeah. it's been amazing. Well, and you didn't just make it up, right? No. You didn't make up this dream. No, God really, put it, God, so yeah. Yeah, he put it on your heart. So some people may not know what the churches look like or the chapels look like that you had mentioned. So tell us more about like what that actually looks like. Well, they're just really these beautiful glass 
spaces and our kind of idea is that it's a place to encounter and experience God. Wow. And there's some beautiful ones all around the country really. John and my husband and I went and saw Thorn Crown mm -hmm. and the Mildred B. Anderson which are beautiful chapels but ours is going to be a little bit different. We also see it as a retreat space oh, wow. too. Mm -hmm. So we want to have some as a separate little facility some like hotel room kind of things, like six or eight rooms where people can come and really spend some solitude and silence and kind of like a mini sabbatical. Right. For, for like, I picture people like me that do ministry mm -hmm. and like someone sponsoring them to come to sanctuary right. and just do a retreat and be in the presence of God and get refreshed and refilled. And yeah. so it's, it's incredible. That's the part that God really put on my husband's heart. And I'm like, whoa, this is getting even bigger. It's not like the chapel's not big enough and right. now we're gonna do this too, but we're just, yeah, it's just so cool how God's let it start happening and how he's pushed us so hard and we're moving forward in faith. Right, yeah. right. Now you mentioned just some of the difficult aspects of the pandemic and just being mm -hmm. kind of shut down and that didn't come without pain in yes. your life. Yes. Tell me just some of the things that you've really gone through that you struggled with. Well, COVID was tough. I had my best year in ministry in 2020. It was going to be like my great year of being out there among people because I just love being in front of people. I love sharing my music and my stories with people. And we had just launched our Choose Conference and we had done three events that had been just fabulous. And we had a bunch of stuff that was gonna book for the fall. I was gonna be doing individual retreats all over the place. It was one wow. of those best years ever. And when COVID really hit, we were actually in Nashville for some training. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having to actually fly home from Nashville early because after the training, I had a bunch of co-writing set up. Well, those started canceling and then flights started canceling. Yeah. Anyways, I'm flying home, my phone starts ringing and stuff just started canceling. Yeah. And then the events that I did have, I had one event that survived. It was two weekends. I ended up getting COVID. Oh, wow. The weekend. I was in Omaha ready to fly out in two o'clock in the morning. Wow. Woke up, had a fever. Anyway, ended up with COVID. Missed that event. And it was just so spiritually, it was a really low place for me. Financially, yeah. it was devastating for yeah. my ministry because everything I did was cut off. And emotionally, talk about anxiety. Right. Yeah. Anxiety was at a huge level, like what is going on? Yeah. And then spiritually, I just really was wrestling with God and really trying to figure out what he was trying to teach me in the midst of this, because it seemed like we were on such this uphill and then boom. And now where do you want me to go? When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable.
I'd love to hear just some of the things that you did to help yourself lower anxiety. How did you come back to that peaceful state? Well, it was a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a lot of really sitting with God. For me, I started prayer appointments with the local prayer ministry. Oh, good. Yes, and that really helped me go deep. And in the midst of those prayer appointments, God kind of showed me what some of that anxiety was about yeah. and the striving that I was caught up in. God gave me some really amazing revelations of some things that I thought I had gone through the healing for, yeah. but he had like another level that he needed to take me to. Yeah. And I also worshiped so much to get myself yeah. off myself. Yeah. So I would sit at my piano, I'm a songwriter, I would sit and start worshiping randomly, or I would start a worship song and then just kind of um, sing out whatever was on my heart. Yeah. So for me, worship was huge yeah. and digging into his word, like, and believe it, and like not just reading it, but right. really taking it in. And yeah. God, what are you trying to say to me in the midst of this? And that's, those are the things that I did. The prayer appointments were huge yeah. for me. So did that look like you praying alongside someone else yes. out loud? Yes, yes. I, yep. I, some of them were in person and some were over Zoom. So some I was in a room with two other women and it was just really Holy Spirit led and just kind of what's on your heart. And one thing I got in one of those prayer sessions was my friend said, you know, if you have your hands right here, you can't see them. Mm. But if you just move them a little bit, you can seal it, see it. And she said, sometimes we have to ask the Holy Spirit to just move whatever it is, just enough that we can see it. Wow. God has to reveal it so he can heal it. Yeah. And I have struggled with striving and anxiety, trying to, you know, win God's love. That's yeah. been a way the enemy has really yeah. gotten a foothold in my life. And so I sat with that one day. I woke up, I laid at like four in the morning, couldn't sleep. I'm like, okay, I need some major God time. Yeah. I was feeling anxious and Oh my goodness, so I sat with that and I just really spent time with that visual and just was quiet before God. Psalm 62 is my psalm. I'm be still and stand silently before God. And all of a sudden God kind of showed me a piece of my infertility, which is part of my story right. that I hadn't dealt with. This place where wow. he, I just had this remembrance, two things. I was in the hospital. I had taken Clomid and ended up with a bunch of cysts and was in the hospital on a morphine drip because I was in so much pain and I'm in the maternity ward. That's where they oh. put you as, you know, back in the day. And I just also remembered I'm laying on the bed with intense cramps and I'm asking God, why are you punishing me? And right. God just showed me that was two footholds. I had given the enemy that yep. somehow I was being punished yep. and that was a lie from the pit of hell. Right. And God showed me that and I, I cried, I bawled, my husband John gets up and I'm in my prayer room just, he's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, no, it's a good thing. Like yeah. God needed to heal this. Isn't it crazy how your infertility was what? How many years oh. ago, 25 years ago? Yeah, 30. 30 years ago yeah. and you're still having things revealed. Those yes. blind spots that are still coming out. Isn't yes. it amazing how God can still show you those things? Yes, and how it was causing that striving yeah. and anxiety in my life and I couldn't figure out, I knew there was something 
something there and I couldn't figure out what it was and that was just a really big piece yeah. that whole thing that God was some when things don't go the way I want them to go yeah. that somehow God's punishing me and that's what I think COVID kind of triggered like God I was supposed to have this awesome amazing year yeah. and now I'm not and why and am I and I was starting to believe I was being punished and it's yeah. like no that's a lie right that's a lie you know it's interesting how when anxiety comes upon you all of a sudden we're listening to the enemy in some shape or form mm -hmm. a lot of times when we come into these anxious right. places in our lives and one of the things that has just been so helpful for me is asking myself is this truth right or is this a lie from the enemy right and it sounds so easy. Yeah. <laughs> so easy yeah. to just sit here, like when we're in our right mind, mm -hmm. when we're of sound mind, yes. when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, it's easy to say, okay, I am being, I understand that this is a lie of the enemy. Right. Or, and evaluating that, right? Like mm -hmm. Psalm 139, 23, 24, reveal what is going on, right? right. I, I feel like I pray that prayer all the time. Like, tell me, show me what's going on. What do I not know? Right. right? That's what yeah. you're saying too. Yeah. And understanding you have a choice to listen to one or the other. Right. And I always say, if the enemy is talking to you, you have an option mm -hmm. to arrest that thought, yes. literally bind it. Take it captive. Take it captive yes. and throw it back to the hell that it came from. Yes. And then you get to listen to truth. And really, you know, you're talking about prayer. You're talking about being in the word and you're talking about worshiping, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the most basic and in community, yeah. right? Those were the right. four things that you said that yes. really helped you mm -hmm. through those anxious times. Mm -hmm. And when we choose to listen to the enemy, we don't think about doing these other um, things, right? But when we get in our right mind and have sound mind, mm -hmm. and that's what the Holy Spirit is inside of us, is a sound right. mind, right? Then all of a sudden you can come back to that peaceful state yes. in your life. So I love those um, points. What else do you think has helped you through that anxious time in your life? Because I know striving has been a huge part mm. of, I mean, we've known each other for a yeah. long time yes. and striving um, in, and we talk about thriving instead of striving. Yes. I think we've had that conversation yes. so many different times, but I know that that's been really like this learning moment for you lately. Tell mm -hmm. me more about that. You know, I think it's trusting when you get a feeling in your gut and it keeps coming. Yeah. Like when I was feeling this anxiousness, I kept hearing a verse that I actually memorized when I was going through my divorce. My eyes are ever on the Lord for only he can release my feet from the snare. Wow. And that verse that I had memorized, how many years ago, 2003, when my first husband left me, wow. when I went through my divorce, I memorized this, that portion of scripture and that verse kept coming to my head, my eyes, my like, and I just kept getting this feeling my foot is in a snare. Mm. And for me instead of, and I couldn't figure it out, I didn't know what it meant, but it just kept coming. So I trusted that because of my walk with, with God and knowing that when the Spirit continues to put something on my heart, yeah. pay attention, Jill, yeah. don't just, I can't figure it out, so I don't know, I'm done. Right. So I sat in that and that's what I did that morning. I'm like, okay, God, what is the snare yeah. that you're trying to, and again, I have, I've done so much work on the striving piece. God has shown me so many layers of, you know, stuff from my childhood, stuff from my first marriage, all this stuff, but I had no idea yeah. that that piece was in there. So for me, it was to trusting it and sitting, being willing to sit with it and let God show me. Yeah. Like he wants to show us, but sometimes we have to be intentional 
about yes. sitting with him. You're and, so right. Yeah. Waking up at four in the morning and <laughs> sitting there. Yeah. And sitting there. And, and sitting, sitting there. <laughs> until it finally reveals itself. Yeah. And I think so often, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my list. I'm gonna pray, yeah. I'm gonna worship, I'm gonna get in the word, mm -hmm. yeah. and then I have fifteen minutes and see you later. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go do my own thing for the rest of the day. But you are wise and just saying, I've gotta sit here until Yeah. Until it is revealed right and that's what chap that ties into chapel because yes. that's what I've done like I have gone to the chapel that's outside Omaha many times in fact Laura and I just did a retreat for choose and we started there I said you know what we got to start there and we went there and spent extended time just in listening. prayer and listening <laughs> we want to talk all the time right how often what? do we want to listen what? you want to talk not me not me <laughs> Yeah, and just to go and listen. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about sanctuary is because I know that has been the life-changing times in my life when I've done that, when I have gone and just sat in God's presence and listened. Yeah, you know, you mentioned a little bit about your divorce earlier, and I know that has really built your character. You oh. know, it was one of the depths of your life as, mm -hmm. I mean, I know all, a lot of the details of right. that, so just can you share with our viewers just some of the, you know, how did the divorce come about? What were some of the things that you learned through that? Oh, wow. <laughs> the list could go on and on. But how long do we have? Yeah, how long do we have? <laughs> but basically, my first husband left me after 20 years of marriage. Our boys were 8 and 11 at the time. And he told me at the time, the night that he left, I'll never forget, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, he wants a divorce and told me I'm going down this Christian music route that he can't go with me and then within 24 hours I found out he was having an affair with a younger woman which I always say why is it always a younger woman can it ever be an older woman but whatever I am devastated and it was really a time that I had to just totally and completely reevaluate my life because I had been hearing God's call to do music at a higher level than what I'd been doing. I've been singing with my sister since I was little, writing songs since junior high. And you're and, the baby of the family. And I'm the baby. <laughs> and I've been, I had been performing my songs, you know, locally, but I, I felt God pulling me to do something more. Yeah. And during my going through that divorce, which I was hoping to reconcile, I was open to whatever God wanted, but in the end, I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so I had to like rewrite the song of my life. I always talk about it's like you're writing the song of your life, and I had to do a major rewrite. And I knew that God was calling me to do yeah. music full time, like to go for it. And then a year after my divorce was final, I remarried a wonderful godly man and that sounds really crazy wow. I was not looking for anyone I was not looking for a relationship but God just brought John into my life and it was just it was meant to be yeah. and he was super supportive of my of my music and me doing it so two months after we got married I quit my real job and started doing music and wow. my divorce I always say it was like the worst thing in my life but it was the best thing in my life yeah. because of what God did it was the most devastating by far besides my my infertility and my divorce were super hard for yeah. me spiritually but God did miraculous things in both of those situations and I grew exponentially spiritually because I went to God like never before I went to him in total and complete desperation and surrender yeah. like 
I have no clue, God, what you want, so help me. And just going to him in that place of humility yeah. changed everything. Isn't it interesting how at the depths of life, and mm -hmm. I would say my the time of my divorce was my rock bottom mm -hmm. moment yes. as well, most difficult time of my life, having to rebuild a life from mm -hmm. that. And yet, when you're at rock bottom, you actually find the solid foundation oh. that you are meant to be built off of. I, I talk about this all the time, and I know that we've talked about this previously, mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of times we think our marriage is mm -hmm. the foundation of our life, mm -hmm. and it's not. No, it's that not. That is not the foundation, and when you think that, well, <laughs> when it gets ripped out, you yeah. realized it was pretty shaky ground, yeah. and then you get to rebuild your life off of the actual solid foundation, which is, Jesus Christ himself, right? Right. Um, I know that you have experienced that. Like, tell me how that has, um, where you've seen that in your life, where you've seen Jesus be the foundation in, instead of your marriage. Well, totally and complete change, total and complete change mm -hmm. in my second marriage. In my first marriage, I tried to put Jesus in the middle and he'd get kicked out. And I knew in my second marriage, because of where I was at spiritually, I knew there was no way I was going to marry anyone who wasn't going to put faith first. And so I entered into marriage in such a different place. And I've truly done, John and I have really worked hard at keeping Jesus in the center. And he's number one. Yeah. I mean, it just has to be. It's, it's like a utter, it's a black and white right. from my first marriage to my second mm -hmm. because I'm intentional. It's like, I'm not going to go there. I will yeah. never go there again because I know where it ends up. It ends right. up in disaster. Right. So, yeah. yeah. When Jesus is the foundation. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. You've fallen in other ways as well. <laughs> <laughs> fallen. <laughs> Tell me about your other fall my in life. Other fall. Well, gee, that was back in high school. So I was uh, a flute player in high school among all my singing stuff too. I was also in band and we had a huge band at my school. It was uh -huh. 400 people. And wow, we were, yeah, are you serious? I'm serious. We filled a football field. Band was a big deal at my wow. church. And there was probably 250 in the actual band, but like 150, you know, twirlers wow. and all that. But we were hosting band contests, the state band contest at our school. And we were crammed on the stage. And I'm the first chair flute sitting on the end. And we get through the first song and I can't see the conductor very well. And we're all nervous, right? We want to win this because we're hosting it, right? So I turn my chair just a little bit so I can see the conductor. And my I didn't know I was on the edge. My chair falls off the stage and I fall into the chimes. <laughs> the conductor comes running over. He pulls me out. I'm like, Oh, I just wanted to run and hide. But I'm like, I have to get up there. So I, I walk back up on stage and I get in my chair and everyone is crying. They're <laughs> laughing so hard. And yeah. somehow we got through the next song and I'm the last one out because I'm the first one in, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I get off there and they're all in a semicircle and they start clapping for me. I thought I was going to die. But 
I learned to fail forward. <laughs> I learned to check my stages and I've seen some, you know, hazards on stages. So it's all good. But yeah, that was, I thought I was going to die of embarrassment. <laughs> but yes. you didn't. I didn't. And you know what? You're still able to talk about it <laughs> a few years later. Uh, yeah, a few years. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because we had the choir contest right after that. And I had to walk up on you know, bleachers, my legs are shaking. I was so nervous. Don't fall, don't fall. Yeah. Oh, I do a lot of weird things. <laughs> what are some other weird things you've done? You've had some exciting experiences yeah. in your life. I went skydiving on a dare. Won a watch. On my, a dare? On a dare. My brother-in-law's a jeweler, and he dared me to go skydiving. A really, And he said, I'll give you this watch if you go skydiving. So I went skydiving. Ask him to dare me that. <laughs> Yeah. By myself, I didn't do tandem. I had to go through jumps. Oh, I did it by myself. No. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Oh, it no was way. so fun. Okay, yeah. I want to go skydiving. If anybody <laughs> wants to take me skydiving, I'll go, but tandem for sure. The tandem? There's, no, I no did by way. myself. Yeah, yeah. I don't think in I did it with age, my. Do they let you do that anymore? I think so. Wow. I did it with my pastor and one of our friends. So the three of us went through jump school and. So cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was very fun. I'm okay. an adrenaline junkie, so. You kind of are. I am, totally. I love roller coasters, scuba yeah. diving's my favorite thing. Seeing sharks when we're diving is my favorite thing, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't dare me. <laughs> well, if I want somebody to do something with me from now on, I'm gonna yes, dare you. <laughs> call me. <laughs> I have one last question. I have yes. two questions for you. Okay. Okay, I want you to share a truth bomb. And you have so many truth bombs in your life. You are a coach. I mean, mm. you've shared so many wise things with me over mm. the years. Mm. So a truth bomb is like 30 seconds. What does Jill Miller have to say that people can take away um, after this episode? Mm. Wow, let's see. You know, what God has really been showing me lately is related to the striving. Yeah. Like, He has just shown me just be faithful. Yeah. Let go of the outcomes. Yeah. Like, just do what He's asking me to do and let go of the outcomes. Yeah. And good. I'm a purpose junkie, and I believe we're all created on purpose for a purpose, and it's up to us to discover and live out that purpose, yeah. whatever that is. I think people think it has to be something big, like yeah. a ministry, but your ministry can be your family, your yeah. neighbor, whatever. Amen. But what is God asking you to do? And do it, yeah. right? Do it, and not to win His favor, but to give Him glory. Yeah. You know, I was going to ask you, what would be your advice to your younger self? And I think you just gave it. Yeah. Stop striving. Oh. You know, I think that performance driven, um, mm. we've been taught that our whole yes. lives. Yeah. Like, and you are a performer. You love to be I on know. stage. Yes. And so it's just so in your thought process. What other thoughts do you have on just that performance driven piece that you would give your give your advice to your younger self on? Oh, that you are loved mm. just as you are. There's yeah. nothing you can do to win God's love any more than he loves you right yeah. now. And just just be you. Yeah. Like, be excellent. I believe we're, we're called to excellence, but we're not called to perfection. And that you're not going to, God loves you so yeah. much the way you are right now. You don't yeah. have to do anything to win that love. Yeah. Thank you for being on. Thank you. I'm cheering you wildly. You have just so much to offer the world. And I've heard so much of that over the years. <laughs> and so I'm just excited for people to get to know you more and more. And um, Choose Conference, yes, right? How do yes. people get in touch with you? Chooseministry.com. Okay, there yeah. you go. Thanks for being on. Thank you. <laughs>
This show is brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, CHM, and ICCI. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.